So Charlotte, thank you for coming on and talking to us. The day job you make sure our millions of customers uh, get the opportunity to pay us on time. <laughs> I do, yeah, yeah. I think that's Lucky a great them. way of a great way of putting it. Yeah. So you've had you've worked at a variety of places around the northwest, been with us a couple of years, and head of billing. Yes, head of billing now. Yeah, just in the last twelve months. Great, but you've got a lot of stuff going on in your life, haven't you? You're running you're running a marathon this weekend. You've you're looking after kids at home, and so it's a busy a busy period for you. Yeah, very busy. I seem to have taken on a lot in the last 12 months. So yeah, running the marathon. I am the volunteer FD of a housing association here in Chester. And obviously I'm raising funds for, for the Miscarriage Association as well. So yeah. So tell us your story. You're, you're passionately involved with the Miscarriage Association and you've got involved in our pregnancy loss policy, which is fantastic. Tell us tell us your story about what, uh, what how, you, how you came into this and how, how this how this became part of your world? Yeah, so I suppose the, the the pregnancy loss policy part came about from really from Anna reaching out to see if I would like to be part of that process with Talk Talk um, because she'd see my posts on Yammer. And so for me, we started trying to have children about that's about eleven years ago now. And the first attempt, we were we had a miscarriage very early days, and I didn't tell my previous employer because. No one really knew. So it was a bit sort of, I, I went home from work that day and I reappeared the next day and kind of didn't, didn't really share anything. So a swan-like, swan-like. So you, you, you wanted to give the impression that nothing had really happened at all. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I didn't, feel, didn't feel I wanted to share it. Um, and I also don't think I felt that there would have been a benefit in sharing it either, I suppose, which is probably the saddest thing. How are you feeling though? How are you feeling though? What what was what was what what was it like inside, or were you just suppressing everything? I think at that time I was suppressing everything. I was very good at putting things in their boxes and moving through. And I had an end goal, and I hadn't reached the limit of being able to reach that end goal, if that makes sense. At that time, so I was quite comfortable at that point to put it in a box and and just step forward to the next stages. How how did that affect you? doing doing that so did you did, were you able just to sort of carry on in, in the months after that carry on your job carry on life trying trying for more kids again yes I think I think I did fairly successfully paint the paint the right picture to the outside world um I think but then internally again you you question yourself and you doubt yourself that that maybe it's you and maybe I think I've said it a few times, maybe I'm broken, you know, maybe it, I can't have children. And I think that broken words is quite, quite an awful phrase to use. But I think that is how I felt is, was this down to me, you know, personally, something to do with me. And so that was quite a hard thing to deal with. But probably I wasn't trying to deal with it at that point. I dealt with that a lot later. Interesting. So you had this miscarriage you carried on working and then and then what's what what's the next step along that journey you 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 were waiting to see if it working but perhaps you it wasn't really nothing was happening for a while um so, so was really lucky actually to have Bronwyn quite soon afterwards um so yeah Bronwyn was um our rainbow baby I guess first and all kind of went smoothly with her I mean her delivery wasn't smooth that was another story following that you think oh, well, everything's fine. So it'll, the next one will just arrive and it'll be all easy. But yeah, the next time um, was slightly different to the miscarriage. I had an eptopic. So symptomatically, that was different. And I had to do, I was forced to deal with that in a different way. Because the physical 
effect on you was much greater. You actually had a sort of very obvious medical issue that you had to deal with. You couldn't pretend nothing was going on. Exactly. Yes. So um, I was admitted to A&E majors to start with. Um, So that's quite um, traumatic, I guess. You're surrounded by a lot of there's a lot of very unwell people um, and you kind of feel different to that because yours is internalized and not as obvious to the world as to what's going on. So I was probably in A&E majors for a good eight, eight hours until they could find me a bed. And then I had to make quite a difficult decision between sort of what to do. So um, you can have two treatments for an ectopic, which I didn't realize at the time. You can have a medical treatment or um, surgical um, depending on levels of hormones and stages and things. So I did have the option. I was I was lucky in that sense. But I found that decision very hard to make. And it, and it is very much put on you in that heightened emotional state to make that decision. And I, 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 I vividly remember thinking, I'm not sure I'm qualified to make that decision. Also, having to make any active choice faced with that scenario is not pleasant. You don't want to be making a choice, do you? No, it was it was quite it was difficult, but I went for the medical option in the end. Um, so that is an injection of what's called methotrexate, um, which is um, I think more widely known as a chemotherapy type type drug. And yeah, and in theory that that should um, help you move forward um, out of the pregnancy, um, and it should take one one injection. However, mine didn't <laughs> typically mine didn't work, so I had to have two rounds of that. So I was actually off work for about six weeks. Okay. So physically not pleasant, mentally even more unpleasant. And you had this, you know, first event a couple of years before, a few years before that you had or hadn't dealt with. So it's all starting to mount up and to pile up a bit. Definitely. Yes. And obviously that time off work, I think it was necessary. I I couldn't have worked during that period of time. But my employer wasn't set up to support us at that point in time. So I, for, I, I, I remember being on the phone in A&E majors to my manager talking through um, a task that happened to be needed to, do, to be done that day. And you sort of reflect on that and you think, that is really crazy. Why, why, was, I, why was I doing that? But it was the expectation at the time, I, I guess. And I think even returning to work it hadn't been so things I um I asked for some specific things to be done before I came back to work. So I asked for my peer group to be told. So those that I weren't friends with who didn't know, I just asked for them to be told like the basic details so that I didn't have to go through that story, you know, seven or eight times with with some people who it might have been awkward to have that conversation with. But I returned and that hadn't been done. So one of my first interactions with one of my colleagues was, Oh, you've been off for a while, are you all right? I was like, Yes, I said, do you not, I was like, do you not know why I've been off? And he, and he was very honest and, oh, no, I don't. So I then had to broach what is quite a difficult subject and could be triggering for him as, as well, because I might not know his background. So, yeah, that was unfortunate. And I think in what we're doing here at Talk Talk, I'm hopeful that we're going to be supporting our leaders to have those better conversations with our colleagues about how they want to come back into the workplace following um, any impacting situation. Why has something like this fallen through the cracks, do you think, Charlotte? Is it because you mentioned the word hidden? And that's, it, that has parallels to me a little bit of um, mental health, which is another thing that's fallen through the cracks. I guess that's what they've got in common. Definitely. I think it's still a very sort of less talked about topic. Um, I think statistically, they, the Miscarriage Association still state it's one in four 
um, people that might be impacted by a pregnancy loss within my friendship group, that's one in two. And I still think it's really not talked about. Once somebody talks, people open up. But I think still it's quite a taboo subject. And even somebody actually at Talk Talk through my fundraising has, has commented back to me saying it was a really interesting way of putting it, actually, that everybody's really comfortable in getting the appropriate support if a parent dies or if a close one, loved one dies. But talking about pregnancy loss, it still feels quite awkward and raw and not something that people might like to talk about. Well, it, within the conversation we're having, it's two and two, Charlotte. So um, yeah. it, happened, it happened to me, stroke us, um, a week before I started a new job. That must so, have been tough. Yeah, it wasn't easy at all, at all. But I did the same thing as you. Um, <laughs> yeah, you just do, don't you, sometimes, when it's not avert. Yes. Um, this this is great. What this what Talk Talk's doing this recognizing this and and hearing you talk. It's not just about something blunt like time off. It's much more than that. It's about recognition. It's about setting up processes where this is communicated well. It's 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 a multi headed thing, isn't it? This. Yeah. So the policy does bring some great, like you say, blunt things like some specific leave for for people who've uh, experienced a loss. And what's wonderful about it is it's it's for everybody. It's not, it's not just for the individual that's, you know, physically had the loss. It, it's for those impacted by it, which is, which is really wonderful. But I think what's great about it is Talk Talk have committed to, for example, signing up to the Miscarriage Association Employers Pledge, um, which is quite a visible way of saying, you know, we're prepared to support our colleagues for the long term in this. And it's around mental health pathway support, um, EAP support, and really, you know, small workplace adjustments that might be necessary for, for certain individuals. And I think what is really important to me is it's it's a toolkit for you to, to dip into if you want to. Um, a lot of people might wish to keep their experiences private and, you know, that's to be recognised. However, if you wish to have some specific support, I think this is going to be a really great tool for our colleagues to, to, to use and our people leaders to get that really sort of strong support as to how they can support their people as well. So how did you move forwards from what was clearly a difficult situation? Where are you now? How did, how did you heal yourself? So time mainly. I spent a lot of time sort of looking after myself, um, trying to be mindful. Um, it's been 10 years now, so it has been a long period of time getting to sort of this position. My running is my mindfulness time. Only time really when my brain is quiet so that's really, really helped me. In, but that has only really been the last sort of two years of really focused running. And I've also relied on some support from work. So from the employers program. So I've been supported through that. And that's really helped me as well. And you're running and you're running the marathon. I am running a marathon. Yes, I, I was one of those people who I'm going to admit had a few too many wines and applied for the ballot on the premise that you get a nice t-shirt when you're a loser in the ballot and they're quite fancied a nice t-shirt. But I got a space in the, I got a space in the London Marathon instead. <laughs> oh dear. So you've been training and you're you're gonna be hopefully running, completing four yes. hours, five hours, doesn't matter. Hopefully four fifteen is the aim. Oof. Is the aim on Sunday. Yeah, four fifteen. So we shall see. Um, but that's the aim. It's gonna be a bit raining. It's gonna be rainy on uh, Sunday, so. Well, Charlotte, I did it in five hours 50 and I was overtaken by a human centipede and a man running backwards. 
running backwards. That's brilliant. And I'm still delighted about it. So whatever happens, just get across the line. It is the finishing that matters. I think that's the one thing I set out. So I'm running with my cousin as well. And we're both 40 this year. So the one thing we said was that we wanted to enjoy it. So to do enough training to enjoy and not to hate every minute of it. And I think that's the most important thing. That's all for today. If you like the podcast, please subscribe in your podcast app. And if you have time, give us a review. If you have a suggestion or question, get in touch on Twitter at TalkTalkGroup. You can follow us there or also on LinkedIn. Thanks a lot for listening.